Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. All right. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Season two, episode six. You know, it's one guy with a mic, sportscast, a little dingers and dunks, baby. Bring you the history of baseball and basketball. Another fantabulous week for this guy. A little bit of computer issues, but hey, that's all right. We're still going to get an episode out just a day late, usually on Sundays, but today is dropping on Monday. So, uh, real quick notes, uh, next week's my birthday, so we're going to do a special podcast where I'm going to talk about the events that took place on July 17th in sports history and famous athletes that were born the same day. Sounds like a fun time, had by all, not really going to be breaking down anything, so it's just going to be a little quick birthday podcast, you know, hanging out with the fam, you know, celebrating little drinks with some pizza and some beer, so just just a quick, quick little say howdy to y'all. Alright, now let's kick things off. Um, we're going to start today off with the Did You Know, and this one comes from the WNBA. Um, and since this is a Dunks uh, podcast, we're going to go with uh, the eight players that you that have dunked in that have in-game dunks in the WNBA. Uh, it's a uh, Brittany Griner, uh, ja- Jaquil Jones, Liz Cambridge, uh, Courier this year, uh, Sylvia Fowles, Candace Parker. Michelle Snow and Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie was the first one to ever dunk in game. Uh, there's been some dunks in, in the All Star game, uh, but we're talking about just in game uh, playoffs or uh, regular season games. And Brittany Griner actually leads in WNBA history with 20 dunks, and she's thrown down a two hander. Uh, for all of you that don't know, a two hander is way harder to throw down than a one hander. I've never dunked in my life, except for on an 8-foot rim. So, there's that. My little credit card hops. Uh, and this week's uh, sports uh, day in sports history, uh, we go back to July 14th, 1956. Uh, I picked this day because this was the same day that my grandparents got married. So, why not pick this? So, this wasn't like a random date this week. Um, so, on this date, the Boston Red Sox pitcher... Mel Parnell threw a no-hitter against the White Sox at Fenway Park. So there's a little did you know and a little on this day in sports for you. Uh, As you know, this week we're going to be talking about the 13 players to actually play in the MLB and NBA. Uh, A few of these guys uh, played in the BAA, which was the version of the NBA before it officially became the NBA. So... So they so they didn't really technically play in today's version of the NBA, but they played in a 
league based that the NBA is based off of. And before we get into those 13 guys, let's start with a little honorable mentions. First off, Scotty Burrell, also known as Scott Burrell, uh, drafted in the first round by the Mariners in the 89 draft, and then he was drafted by the Hornets in the 1993 draft. Uh, He's actually the only NBA player to be drafted in the first round of the Major League draft and the NBA draft. Uh, the only other two-sport athlete to be drafted in the first round of two different leagues uh, in one year, or in two different leagues, not in one year, but in two different leagues would be Kyler Murray. Uh, he went ninth overall to the A's and then first overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kevin Johnson of the Phoenix Suns fame, he was drafted in the 23rd round of the 86 MLB draft by the A's. Del Curry, who played baseball at USC with Randy Johnson, uh, he was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles in the ni- in the 1985 MLB draft in the 14th round. Charlie Ward, the 94 Heisman winner, was drafted by the Yankees in the 94 MLB draft, and that was after he played no baseball at Florida State. Uh, he was drafted out of high school by the Braves. George Carter was drafted by the New York Mets. He played one game in the NBA with the Detroit Pistons and then played in the ABA for seven seasons. And then Pat Connaughton. Connaughton, drafted by the Baltimore Orioles in 2015, and he went on to pitch in low A-ball before the 2015 draft. Uh, MLB players drafted by NBA teams. Tony Gwynn was drafted by the San Diego Clippers, now currently the LA Clippers. Randy Matson drafted by the, was drafted by the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, but never played in any of them. And then you have Dave Winfield. He was drafted by the Padres. The Atlanta Hawks of the NBA, the Utah Stars of the ABA, and the Minnesota Vikings. He is one of six players ever to be drafted by three professional sports, and only one of three people that were drafted by four leagues in the same year. The other two being Mickey McCarty and George Carter. And then you have Tim Stoddard as the only player to win a World Series ring and a college basketball national championship. Uh, NCAA title with NC State in 1974 which ended UCLA's eight consecutive title run. In 1979, he appeared for the Orioles, but they lost. And then in, But he did win the World Series with them in 1983, even though he did not make an appearance that year in the World Series. So there's a little facts about that. Uh, let's start with the other honorable mention. Um, actually, you know what? We're going to save that guy for last. All right, so we're going to start off with Dip. Dick Ricketts from Pottstown, PA. Uh, he played three seasons in the in the NBA from 55 to 58. He was drafted by the St. Louis Hawks first overall in the 55 draft. He played in 212 games. He averaged 9.3 points uh, per game, 6.3 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and he shot 32.8% from the field. So then you have, he played for the St. Louis Hawks, uh, the Rochester Royals, and the Cincinnati Royals. And he made the playoffs in 1958, which was the only time. In 1959, he joined the St. Louis Cardinals and played one season as a pitcher. Uh, he appeared in 12 games and started nine. He finished the year with a 1-6 record and a 5.82 ERA with 25 Ks and 55.2 innings pitch. Dick played five seasons in the minor leagues for the Allentown Cardinals, the Rochester Red Wings, and the Buffalo Bisons. He appeared in 301 games, finishing 99-91 and 91 
with a 3.70 ERA. He pitched in 1,597 innings, and his brother is Dave Ricketts, uh, who spent six seasons in the majors and uh, as a longtime coach for the Cardinals. Dick played at Duquesne uh, in college and has his number 12 retired for, for them. And in 1955, as a senior, him and his brother led Duquesne to the NIT a title over Dayton. And then Dick was named uh, to the Duquesne Hall um, All-Time Team in 2016. Um, now, the NIT this now is not very much of a big tournament. It's more like the secondary tournament. But back in the 40s and 50s, that was the tournament to get into. So next up, we have Howie Schultz of St. Paul, Minnesota. Howie played in the majors from 43 to 48. Played for the Brooklyn Dodgers from 43 to 47. And then was traded to Philly in 47 to make room for Jackie Robinson. 48, he played six games for the Phillies, 36 games for Cincinnati. He also played in the minors for the Grand Forks Chiefs and St. Paul Saints. While playing for the Saints, uh, that's when he was discovered by Branch Rickey. Uh, how he played first base, he played 470 games, batted 241, had 24 home runs, 208 RBIs, he had 383 hits. At 6'6", his nickname was Stretch and Steeple. How he went on to play in the NBA from 49 and 50, 49 and 50 and 51 to 53. The 50 to 51 season how he played in uh, was the NB, NPBLA. It was another pro league at the time. Not as big as the BAA. In 49 and 50, Howie played for the Anderson Packers, who also um, who he also coached um, before he was traded to the Fort Wayne Pistons. After playing in the NB, NPBLA, National Professional Baseball Basketball League, he played two seasons with the Minneapolis Lakers, winning an NBA championship in 52 and 53. Averages of 5.3 points per game, 3.1 rebounds per game, and he had 1.7 assists in 173 games played. Next up, we have Chuck Connors of Brooklyn, New York. Chuck played two seasons in Major League Baseball. In 1949, he made his one-game debut for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, he grounded into a double play after that at-bat. At that at-bat. Uh, he played 19 games in the minors between Brooklyn and Minor league, Brooklyn's minor, te- minor league team and Chicago's AAA team. He played 66 games for the Cubs, batting 239. He had two home runs, 18 RBIs, and four stolen base bases. Uh, in total, Chuck appeared in 67 games, and he spent most of his baseball career in the minors, uh, nine seasons where he compiled a 289 batting average, 108 home runs, 54 RBIs. Wait, sorry. That wouldn't be correct with, uh, sorry, he had eight home runs. <laughs> My bad. 54 RBIs. He had 981 hits, uh, 209 doubles, 36 triples, and he had uh, 70 stolen bases. Chuck played basketball from 40 to 52. Uh, he played for the Boston Celtics with the, with the in the NBA from 46 to 48. Uh, two seasons... Uh, appearing in 53 games. Uh, in the two seasons, he appeared in 53 games. Uh, he had a four and a half point average. 
He had .8 assists per game. He shot 25.2% from the field. Uh, Chuck played college ball at Seton Hall. Uh, he also played for the Rochester Royals at the end of the 46th season after a military discharge. Uh, and it, he was part of that, their 45-46 championship in the National Basketball League. Then in 46 and 47 season, he joined the Celtics um, in their f- first season. Uh, and in their inaugural game, he broke the backboard on a 40-foot heave. He is technically the first person to ever break a backboard uh, in the NBA. He left the Celtics uh, early in the 47-48 season to attend spring training and with the Dodgers. Uh, Chuck, Chuck's nickname is the Rifleman. And he is actually better known for his acting career that lasted 40 years. And he's best known for playing Lucas McCain in the TV series The Rifleman. Next up, we have Dick Grote of Wilkinsburg, PA. Dick played in the majors from uh, 1952 and then after a military service in 53 and 54 and then 55 through 67. His career, he played for the Pirates, St. Louis Cardinals, Philadelphia Phillies, San Francisco Giants. Dick was an eight-time All-Star, a two-time World Series champ, and an MVP. He also won a batting title. He batted 286, was 39 home runs, and 101 RBIs, or 701 RBIs for a career. He had 2,138 hits. In 1960 was his best season ever, being an All-Star. He was also named NL MVP and batting champ, and he won the World Series that year thanks to Bill Mazarowski's shot heard around the world against the New York Yankees. Dick played college ball at Duke. He was a woo two, uh, was a two-time All-American, a two-time Southern Conference um, Athlete of the Year. He also, um, his number 10 was retired by the by the Duke, and it was the first jersey to ever uh, do so. The first number to ever be retired by Duke. He also is the only person to lead the nation in points per game at 26 and assists at 7.6 in one season. Dick was drafted third overall by the Fort Wayne Pistons in the 1952 draft. Dick played 26 games with the Fort Wayne before his military service. He averaged 11.9 points, 3.3 rebounds, and 2.7 assists. Upon his return, um, since he was a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pittsburgh made Dick choose either basketball or baseball. Uh, Dick chose baseball and formed one of the best double play tandems with him and Bill Mazarowski. Uh, Dick was inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, College Baseball Hall of Fame in 2011, and is the first person ever to gain induction into both. He is also one of only three players to win an MVP, World Series battle tying, and appear in uh, more than five All-Star games alongside Pete Rose and Dave Parker. And none of them three are in the Hall of Fame. After baseball, uh, after his baseball career ended, he became more active in golf. And with Jerry Lynch, a teammate with the Pirates, they designed a golf course in Ligonier, PA. It's one of three public courses that have a four-star rating. And he is also the great uncle of Brooks Kepka. Kopka. I don't know how you pronounce that golfer's name. But he's the guy that has the beef with... uh, DeChambeau. That's that's how I know him. <laughs> it's not that he won a couple majors. No, it's the fact that he has a beef with DeChambeau. 
Next up, we have Gene Conley. He was from Muskogee, Oklahoma. Gene spent 11 seasons in Major League Baseball playing for the Boston Braves, Milwaukee Braves, Philly, and the Boston Red Sox. All from 52 and then 54 to 63. He also played in the minors in 51 to 53 and in 1964. His MLB career as a pitcher, he went 91 and 96 at a 3.82 ERA. He had 13 shutouts and 10 saves. He pitched in 1,588.2 innings. He gave up 162 dingers. Uh, He struck out 88. He was a four-time All-Star and 1957 World Series champ. And he played 350. And then he went on to play 351 games in the NBA, averaging 5.9 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 6.6 assists. He was a three-time NBA champion with the Boston Celtics. He played uh, in seasons 52 to 53, and then 58 to 61, and 62 to 64. Uh, in 62 to 64, he played for the Knicks. Gene is the, um, Gene is one of two player players to play both in the MLB and NBA at the same time. I found that out during my research here. He was also one of two athletes to win a championship and two in the major uh, two of the four major sports. The other being Otto Graham. Gene played college basketball and baseball at Washington State. And he's the first guy on this list that had actually played both baseball and basketball at Washington State. He appeared in the 1950 World College World Series and was twice selected honorable mention to the All-American team in basketball. He was a first-team All-Pacific Coast Conference in 1950. Uh, he didn't serve in the military during the Korean War as he was too tall since he stood at 6 feet 8 inches. Next up, we have Frank Baumholtz. From Midville, Ohio. Frank played outfield for the Reds, Cubs, and Phillies over a 10-year season. 10-year span from 1947 to 1957. He played in 1,019 games. He batted 290. He had 25 home runs. He drove in 272 runs. He had 1,010 hits with 165 of them being doubles, 51 being triples. He also had 30 stolen bases. Before his MLB career, Frank was a standout player for the Youngstown Bears of the NBL and the Cleveland Rebels of the BAA. So here's the BAA, which like I said, is which is now the NBA. So that one season with Cleveland put him on this list. He averaged 14 points per game for Cleveland and was selected all BAA second team. The Rebels folded in 1947 and Frank went to play baseball as a rookie, he finished fifth in Rookie of the Year voting, playing in 151 games. He had a 283 batting average. He had five home runs, 32 doubles, nine triples, 45 RBIs, and six, six stolen bases. And then in 1952, he finished 17th in MVP voting. Uh, Frank played college at Ohio, was a first-team All-American basketball player, and made, an NIT, and made the 1941 NIT Finals. He was named MVP of the tournament, and his number fifty-four hangs in the rafters at Ohio at the for the Ohio Bobcats. Next up, we have Johnny Gee of Syracuse, New York. Johnny Gee, known as the Wiz, he was a pitcher from Pittsburgh for Pittsburgh and the New York Giants. 
in 39-41 and then 43-46. to He had a 7-12 and record appearing in 44 games. He had a 4.41 ERA. He had one save. He appeared in 175 innings pitched, giving up eight dingers, and he had 65 Ks. The Pirates purchased Johnny for 75K. Um, back then, uh, that's like $1.3 million in today's money. Uh, in 1940, uh, Johnny suffered an arm injury, and then he was referred to as the $75,000 lemon. At 6'9", he was the tallest Major League player until Randy Johnson with the Expos in 1988. He retired in 1942 due to his arm issue. He became a a PE teacher in Adams, New York. In 43, G asked for his reinstatement and was granted. Uh, He returned to the Pirates. In 44, he appeared in only four games with the Pirates. All relief. Had an ERA of 7.14. In June of 44, the Giants purchased Guy for the off the waiver for the waiver price of $7,500. He pitched a total of four and two thirds innings with the Giants that year. 45, uh, he reported late due to the Groton High School basketball team he coached had made this made the state tournament. June of 45, uh, Guy retired again to do due to arm soreness. And in June of 46, he made it back to the Giants. He appeared in 13 games, six as a starter. He went 2-4 uh, and four with a 3.99 ERA. 47-51, to 51, Guy was in and out of, the ma- out of the minors, and he never made it back to the majors. In 46, he joined the Syracuse National. Um, And, oh, yeah. In 46, he joined the Syracuse Nationals of the BAA um, and played only home games due to his obligations um, of teaching. He didn't travel on road games. He played in 24 games. He had 6.5 points per game. And then he had two seasons of independent ball after that. Next up, we have Ron Reed of LaPorte, Indiana. Ron Reed pitched 19 seasons in the majors. He played with Atlanta, St. Louis, Philadelphia, the Chicago White Sox. His career went from 66 to 84. He had 100. He was a 146 and 140 record with a 3.46 ERA. He had eight shutouts, 103 saves. He pitched. In, he had 2,471, 77 and a third innings pitched. He gave up 182 dingers. He struck out 1,481. He was a one-time All-Star, and he was a 1980 World Series champion with Philly. He appeared in five games. In, for his basketball career, he appeared in five games in 66 and 67 total. His NBA career started off by being drafted by the Pistons. He spent two seasons with Detroit. Um, yeah, so let's see, uh, scratch that. He appeared in, oh yeah. So in, for baseball, he appeared in five games in 66 and 67 total. And then for his NBA career, he was drafted by the Pistons. He spent two seasons with Detroit where he appeared in 119 games. He had an eight point average, a 6.4 rebounds, and he had one and a half assists. He played at Notre Dame for college where he... 
averaged 17.7 rebounds a game his junior year. Uh, for his college career, he averaged 19 points and 14.3 rebounds. He was inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame in 1990, and Reed is one of 15 pitchers to have 100 wins and 100 saves, and he's one of only five pitchers to ever have 100 wins, 100 saves, and 50 complete games. Sorry. My handwriting was a little messy on that one, apparently. <laughs> Sometimes it gets that way, because... I don't know how to write for some reason at times. And then I'm trying to read it. And since my computer broke this week, this is where we're at. <laughs> so just bear with me. I appreciate it, guys, as always. Um, I don't like to edit this because I like to just keep it real as I flow with it. Uh, maybe the more we get, the more professional we get over time, we'll probably do some edits and that, clean it up a little bit. But, you know, I'm, it's my rookie year. Next up is Steve, uh, Steve Hamilton. From Columbia, Kentucky. He was a pitcher from 61 to 72 with Cleveland, the Washington Centers, the Yankees, the White Sox, the Giants, and Cubs. He had he had a 40 and 31 record, appearing in 40 appearing in 421 games, 17 as a starter. He had a 3.05 ERA. He had 42 saves. He had three complete games and one shutout. He had 663 innings pitched. And he gave up 51 dingers. He had 531 strikeouts for the career. But the bad thing for Hamilton is he never won a ring as a member of the Yankees. Uh, for the simple fact, that's when they had lost. He joined the Yankees, and then uh, that was the year that they lost back-to-back World Series. And then they never made it after that. He did appear in the 60. He did appear in the 1971 NLCS with the Giants. Uh and Hamilton was known late in his career to throw a lob pitch called an EFIS pitch, which is a high-arcing off-speed pitch that is similar to a slow-pitch softball with its arc. As a basketball player, he played at Moorhead State from 54 to 58. He scored 1,829 points, fourth all-time for a career there. Um, he averaged 16.4 points per game, All-American in 1957. He was a two-time All-Ohio Valley Conference first team. And then from 58 to 60, he played for the Minneapolis Lakers. In two seasons, he played in a finals. And uh, he had career averages of 4.5 points per game, 3.4 rebounds per game, and a half an assist per game. Now we get to Mark Hendrickson from Mount Vernon, Washington. He's the second player on our list that played baseball and basketball at Washington State. Mark Hendrickson was a former pitcher from, 20 to, from 2002 to 2011. He played with Toronto, Tampa, the Dodgers, Miami Marlins, at the time Florida, and Baltimore. He compiled a 58-74 record with a 5.03 ERA. He appeared in 328 games, starting 166. He had five complete games and two shutouts, and he had one save over his career. He did have 1,169 innings pitched. He did give up 145 dingers. He did strike out 666. Uh, his last year in baseball was with the York Revolution of the Independent Atlantic League, where he went 2-0 with a 1.54 ERA and 9 saves, and he gave up 0 dingers, and he struck out 34 at 40 years young. Jeez, I'm going to be 40 next week, and I wish I could still be pitching independent ball at that time. 
But I wasn't a pitcher. I was an outfielder, so that's probably not going to work out too well for me. <laughs> I'll probably be throwing that EFIS pitch, <laughs> that high arcing lob. Oh. Mark was drafted six times in the amateur baseball draft. 92, the 13th round by the Braves. 93, the 21st round by the Padres. 14th, or the 94 draft, he was drafted by the Braves again in the 32nd round. In the 95 draft, it was the 16th round by the Tigers. In the 96th draft, um, it was by the Texas Rangers in the 19th round. And then in the 97 draft by Toronto in the 20th round. Before... All of this, uh, he played baseball and basketball at Washington State, or should say during this time, uh, during the draft. He did play baseball and basketball at Washington State. He made the All-Pac-10 in both baseball and basketball. He ranked second all-time in Washington State basketball history. Um, in uh, rebounds, he averaged 13.9 points per game and 8.6 rebounds per game. In 1996, he was drafted by the Rangers and also 31st overall by the 76ers. He elected to play basketball where he appeared in 29 games with the 76ers and he averaged 2.9 points per game, 3.2 rebounds per game, and 10.4 minutes per game. On December 23rd, he signed as a free agent with the Kings where he appeared in 48 games and averaged 15.4 minutes per game, 3.4 points per game, and 3 rebounds per game. He went unsigned in 98, and then he, so he went and played with the CBA for most of the season. And then he had a few small stints with the New Jersey Nets and the Cavs uh, during the 98-99 and 99-2000 season before he decided to go play basketball. In the 114 games that he played in the NBA, he averaged 13.2 minutes per game. Uh, he had a point scoring average of 3.3. He had 2.8 rebounds a game, and he had .6 assists per game. And now we have our only Canadian on the list, uh, Hank Biasetti. He was born in Italy and grew up in Ontario. Hank was a left-handed pinch hitter and first baseman for the Philadelphia Athletics in 1949. He appeared in 21 games, resulting in two hits, both doubles, and two RBIs. He also walked eight times, and he struck out five times. He played minor league ball for the Toronto Maple Leafs the Savannah Indians, and the Sunbury Yankees. 1946, he was invited to try out for the Toronto Huskies. Uh, he was one of two Canadians ever to play for them. Uh, the NBA cites Biasati as the first international player in league history. In December of 47, Hank asked for his release to focus on baseball, and it was granted. Also in 47, he was drafted by the Celtics as part of the 47 BAA draft, but never played. Instead, he went to the athletic spring training, but was sent to Savannah where he went, where he hit 299 and finished second in the league in dingers. 48, he rejoined the Leafs on loan from the athletics, led the team with, led the team with 29 dingers. In 49, he made his, he makes the majors. And then after the season, he was purchased by the Buffalo Bisons of the International League for the 50-51 and 51 season. Hank had a cup of coffee, as they say in the show, and in the NBA, but he made most of his impact as a coach in Canada, uh, which led him to being inducted as a member of the Windsor-Essex County Sports Hall of Fame in 82. 
University of Windsor Alumni Sports Hall of Fame in 86, and the Canadian Basketball Hall of Fame in 2001, five years after his passing. And as I said, he is the only Canadian on this list. So shout out to my friends in Canada. Next up, we have Danny Ainge of Eugene, Oregon. Danny Ainge played for the Toronto Blue Jays in 79 and 81, while also playing basketball at BYU from 77 to 81 as well. Now, how can a pro sport athlete, a yes, a professional athlete, play in the NCAA? Well, the NCAA has a loophole, and I found this out with Tim Dwight, because Tim Dwight played for the Atlanta Hawks, but also ran track in the 90s with the Iowa Hawkeyes. And since it's not you're not being paid in the sport you're being that you're playing in, you're still considered an amateur in that sport. So therefore, Danny Ainge can go earn money during the summer playing baseball for Toronto and then in the winters spend it being playing for basketball for BYU. So after the 70s after the 81 season, uh he played in the NBA from 81 to 95. Danny was a three-sport athlete in high school, and he was drafted by the Blue Jays in 77. Uh, he made the majors in 79 as a second baseman. He also played a little bit of third and outfield. And like I said, he played with Toronto while also playing, being at BYU playing basketball. Um, during his time with the Jays in the majors, he hit 220 with two home runs and 37 RBIs. He was the youngest Blue Jay ever to hit a dinger until Vladdy Guerrero Jr. did. He did end his career with 146 hits, and in 1981 decided to uh, pursue his basket pursue basketball. And I'm sure what made Danny decide to play in the NBA rather than staying in the majors is while at BYU he was a he was named Wooden Award winner, uh, given to the top play, college player in 1981. He was also NABC Player of the Year, first team All-American in 81 and 1980. Uh, third team in 1981, he was also WAC Player of the Year. He was a four-time All-WAC first team. And in 77, as a high schooler, he was a second team Parade All-American. 81 draft, he went to the Celtics in the second round as the thir- at, with the, and the 31st pick overall. With Boston, he won two championships, made the All-Star team. Eight seasons with Boston, he averaged 11.3 points per game, 1.2 assists per game, 1.2 steals, and 4.4 rebounds per game. He then played uh, with the Sacramento Kings for 103 games after being traded in 89. And in 91 and 90, 91-92, he played with Portland. And then in 92-95, he played with Phoenix. For his career, Danny Age appeared in four NBA Finals, winning two of them and losing the other two to Michael Jordan, the first one with Portland in 92, and then with Phoenix in 93. He was an all-star, and his career averages were 11.5 points per game, 1 point steals per game, 4 assists per game, 2.7 rebounds per game. He shot 46.9% from the field, 37.8% from three-point land, and he had a 84.6 points, 84.6% shooting from the free throw line. Danny Age may be, may be best remembered now by trading for Ray Allen and KG to bring the Celtics a championship in 2008. He would go on to win Executive of the Year that year, and he assembled the rest uh, the roster um, of the most current Celtics that made the uh, finals through the draft pick, through draft picks. 
He was also head coach from '96 through through uh, through mid from 1996 um, and midway through the 99-2000 season with the Phoenix Suns when he quit signing more time to be with his family. His coaching record was 136-90, and he made this playoffs in his first three years, getting bounced in the first round all three times. His number 22 is retired by BYU, and he currently works with the Jazz. And this all brings me to the most decorated basketball player on this list and the only member of this list to be in Cooperstown or the Naismith Hall of Fame. Dave Dubashir from Detroit, Michigan. Dave played for the Chicago White Sox from April of 62 through September of 63, where he was 3-4 and four with a 2.90 ERA. One complete game in 36 games and started 10. He also threw one shutout. He had 102... He had 1,000... Sorry, he had 102 innings, .1 innings pitched. He gave up 10 dingers, 61 Ks, and he did uh, play with the minors in 62, 64, and 65, where he had 40, where he had a 40 and 21 record in 78 games started. He had 27 complete games with five shutouts. He had 512 innings pitched. He was 3.53 ERA. Gave up 43 dingers. He had 395 Ks, and then he also has one career hit, which happened on July 17, 1963. In 1962, Dave was drafted by the Detroit Pistons in a territorial draft his rookie year. He averaged 12.7 points per game and 8.7 rebounds per game. He was named to the all-rookie team. The 62 and 63 season, he played for the White Sox and for the Pistons. In the 64 and 65 season, he played for the AAA White Sox team and the Pistons. And then the 64-65 season, uh, not only was he was playing... <coughs> playing baseball at the time, but he was also named player coach of the Pistons. And then the 64 and 65 season, um, and then at the end of the 64, or the beginning of the 64-65 season, uh, he had uh, quit baseball due to this in 1965 to focus on coaching and playing baseball, uh, basketball. All of this at 24 years old. He was a player coach from 64 to 67. In 68, he became a full-time player again. He was then traded to the Knicks for Walt Bellamy and Howard Comives. With the Knicks, Dave, alongside Willis Reed, Bill Bradley, Walter Frazier, and Phil Jackson, became NBA champs. And then again in 73 with Earl Moreau added to the lineup. Both of the times they beat the Lakers... In a career that lasted from 62 to 74, Dave played in 875 NBA games. He had a three point, or he had 35.7 minutes per game, 16.1 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, and 2.9 assists per game. All at six feet six inches tall. He shot 43.2% from the field and 69.9% from the line. He won two championships. And he was an eight-time All-Star, a six-time All-Defensive player, uh, first-team All-NBA, a second-team All-Rookie team, or um, All-NBA second-team, and All-Rookie team as well. All-Rookie first-team. He has been listed on the 50th anniversary team um, as the greatest, one of the greatest 50, 50 greatest NBA players and 75th anniversary team honoring the 75 best NBA players. His 22 is retired by the Knicks and he was, um, 
voted into the Naismith Hall of Fame in 1983 and the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006. His 22 was also re- retur- retired by the University of Detroit Mercy because uh, in college he was a two-time NEA second-team All-American and NABC second-team All-American, a three-time third-team All-American for UPI rankings, a third-team All-American listed by the AP and NABC. In high school, he was a fourth-team Parade All-American, and also he was the last commissioner for the ABA in 75 and 76, which helped with the merger of the NBA and ABA. He was also an assistant coach and director of basketball operations for the Knicks. As the basketball uh, director of basketball operations in 1985, he drafted Patrick Ewing first overall. He also owned Ring Mag- Magazine, and upon his death in 2003, Detroit Mercy um, has the Dave Dubashir Scholarship. It provides support to two sport athletes that have a 3.0 GPA and demonstrated exceptional leadership skills. So there's the list of the 13 folks that have played in Major League Baseball and the NBA. But I know you get to the bottom of this list, then you're like, wait, wait, wait. I thought Michael Jordan played baseball as well. Ah, he did. However, he played baseball and basketball, and he never officially played in an MLB game. I know you all remember MJ playing in the 1994 cross-time rivalry game between the Cubs and the White Sox. But that was just an exhibition game because from 1985 to 1995, before interleague play took over, the Sox and Cubs would meet on an off day and play for City Pride. For most of the years during this time, it was the only game that mattered for Cubs and Sox fans because both teams stunk. So on April 7th, 1994, Jordan in his first and only year of pro baseball played at Wrigley Field even though he did not make the ML roster for the White Sox. He played right field and batted sixth. He went two for five that day with a double and two RBIs. And that was the only time he played in a Major League Baseball park. The game ended in in 10 innings at a 4-4 tie with Jordan driving it in the first run of the day for the Sox and the last run of the day for the White Sox as well. Jordan did appear in 127 games with the Barons, batting 202, three home runs, 51 RBIs. He had 88 hits. Um, He had 17 doubles and he had one triple. He also had 30 stolen bases on 48 attempts. And he only grounded into four double plays, but he did strike out 114 times. So, that is the reason why Michael Jordan is not on this list, is because he did not ever play in an official Major League Baseball game. So, as I said, next week's my birthday, so it's going to be a short podcast. Um, just, you know, probably five, probably about 10, 15 minutes, but it's... You know, we got to do what we got to do, guys. I mean, it's my birthday, so we got to celebrate it, right? So, uh, always follow me on Instagram, Facebook. You can find me at One Guy With A Mic on Facebook and follow the fan page. Also, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on um, TikTok. And then also hit me up on Twitch at One Guy With A Mic Sportscast. And then, also, if you're new here, make sure to hit the follow button and ring the bell. So that way you are always notified of when an episode drops. And make sure you please, if you listen to this episode or any other episodes, make sure to download them. And I really appreciate you downloading them as well. 
So everybody have a great week. Have a fantastic Monday, Tuesday, whatever day you might be listening to this to. Um, and we'll catch you on the next one. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser-known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and Harold Red Grange. But have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers? How about Dave Osborne or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintales.com. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.